Hello everyone, and welcome back to another Dead Poets Society podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about a trying topic. Robots have taken over the Navy. Attention, everyone, run for your lives. Robots are taking over the world. Our world. Nah, I'm just kidding. But in all reality, today we're going to be talking about the Blue Death which is a new plague that has struck the modern society synonymous to that of the Black Death, a.k.a. the bubonic plague. Robots are truly taking over the world, and the only way that we can defeat them is with the indomitable human spirit. Now, for those that don't know, the indomitable human spirit is an axiom that refers to the power of human will and perseverance against the indifferent cruelty of the universe. And for those that also don't know what an axiom is, an axiom is essentially a statement that cannot be refuted. It is absolutely true. It is self-evidently true, accepted, and established as itself. For example, Nothing can both be and not be at the same time and in the same respect. That is an axiom. You can't disagree with it. It is simply true. Now, robots are taking over the world. And you may be asking, well, okay, well, what do, like, what do I do now? What do I do? Right? We have posture over here messing things up. We have me being addicted. What what can I even do? I honestly I just give up. I just give up at this point. Let the robots have the world. Let them let them have it. They can do whatever they want. What if I told you that that is already happening, and that you're not too far off? Artificial intelligence is doing its damnedest to replace that of the indomitable human spirit and creativity. From AI art to AI writing to AI voiceovers where the AI is now able to almost perfectly impersonate that of anybody that is asked of them. For example, recently I watched a video and it was a Minecraft Let's Play featuring the Joker, Jordan Peterson, Elon Musk, and one more other fellow that whose name is currently escaping me. And if I were to close my eyes and let this video run through, it would have been probably the most convincing video I have ever heard. And I would have been questioning. I would have been like, really? These guys got together and did a Minecraft Let's Play? When did this even happen? Why is this, why is this only like surfacing now? This would have been gold beforehand. And then you realize Heath Ledger's dead. And there's no way that he could have been a part of that. And that's where it starts to get a little scary. AI is attempting to take all that we have created. 
Now, I understand that the people at OpenAI and all these other companies that are making these artificial intelligence for the betterment of humanity, but there's a fine line between helpers and skinwalkers. When a robot starts to gain personality and starts to talk like a human, think like a human, be programmed to be human, it gets very tricky because coding is based off yeses and nos. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it won't. There's no, if it doesn't work, I'm going to find a way around it until it does work. That's how the human spirit works. Mechanics and robotics and programming does not work that way. If it's not meant to work that way, then it won't. If the robot cannot jump over a six inch platform, then guess what? It's not going to do it. It will literally just stand there and say, I cannot do it. Meanwhile, the indomitable human spirit will continue on and try their damnedest in different ways to get up and over that platform. Sometimes it's the same way over and over and over and over and over again until it eventually happens because we as humans are built to evolve as we go. Now that being said, this modern society and modern generation is, I'd rather not say devolving, but they're forgetting the fact that they can evolve. This is the saddest generation to date. And it's very disheartening because these are my peers, these are my people. These are the people that I've grown up with. These are the people that are going to be listening to this. These are the people that are eventually going to be ruling the world. But we are just so wrapped up in self-doubt and self-pity that we don't even think that that's available to us. And it's not really our fault because it's what's being pushed onto us. It's what's being told. Gen Z has been called the most depressed generation with the least positive outlook and diminished emotional and social well-being. They have more unmet social needs than any other generation. And this is, in fact, due to robots. This modern society is very enveloped into technology. That being said, we are not talking to people. We are not going outside. We are not doing anything. The importance of the internet cannot be ignored in the modern age. However, the social contact has reduced significantly as digitally dependency has increased. This means that we are spending so much time on the internet faking being human that we are degrading and that we forget that we're able to do a lot of the things that we're able to do. And that in itself is a very scary thing to think about. Now, before I dive deeper into that, I want to go back on the topic of robots because it's, it's really eating away at me. 
I can't tell anymore. I can't tell the ATM from the girl that's looking at me with a quarter smile and dimples. I can't tell the meter, the meter maid from the mailbox. And it's scary. Everyone is just so devoid of emotion and devoid of energy. They just don't want to do anything except escape. Well, we're human. Why why do you want to escape so badly? This is this is where we belong. This is we're put here to do our job. And I don't mean a nine to five. I mean do our job and live. Experience. Go through adversity. Overcome said adversity. Evolve. Transcend. That is our job. Meanwhile, we're sitting here self-diagnosing and coming up with all these reasons as to why we cannot when we won't even give one good reason as to why we can. We are the real robots and it's because we're sad. I believe that over 70% of the population is robotic. It's even worse in countries with less freedom than we have here in America. And even then, a lot of Americans would say that we're not really that free. How do I tell that I'm not a robot? What if I'm a robot and I'm talking to you and I'm preaching against my own species? Maybe because I want to start an uprising. Maybe because I want you to be on my side. Maybe I want to turn you into a robot. Who knows? But what I do know is that the people that go their everyday lives doing the same things over and over and over again, whether they're wanting to do different things or more but choosing not to, are robotic. The people that you have to interact with and let's say you have an issue. Let's say you have a problem at work and you voice that to your superior and you ask them, your manager, your supervisor, whoever it is, and you ask them for advice or what you should do and they stone face you and they say, well, figure it out or get over it or that's just the way that it is. It is what it is. And you're left stumped and what do how do I even reply back to that? What do I say? How do I how do I go about my issue now? Because you're telling me it is what it is, but I'm asking you how do I get over it is what it is. I've already come to the conclusion that it is what it is and that it happened. I don't care that it is what it is. I want to know how to fix it. I want to know that this isn't okay and that I deserve compensation and that I deserve to not be feeling the way that I'm feeling negatively without you sitting here telling me that it is what it is. Why can't you help me? Because they are convinced that they can't because the robot has taken over. 
This welcomes another member into your mental apartment. Not only do you have posture and residency who should be paying rent now, by the way, make sure he's cashing in those checks. But you also have little Beepu, little robot. And that robot is essentially the manifestation of your sadness. It has all these negative programming and code in its system and whenever any of those triggers happen the robot takes over you become stoic you become hollow you become less inviting you change and when people change you can see it in their eyes that's why Paying attention to facial features and body language means a lot when communicating. If you're talking to someone, the next time you have a conversation, pay attention to where their eyes go or how their face moves or their hand gestures or their body posture, anything like that. And you'll see the difference between somebody being robotic and someone being genuinely human to you. I can tell you a story, right? My first two years in the Navy was absolutely abysmal. I I will not kid you on that one. The Navy has yielded me dividends and growth in becoming the man that I am today and understanding the things that I understand now. But when I first started, man, that was something else. I have lived a life where I would not say that I have struggled. There has definitely been struggle around me, whether that be through my parents and my family and adjusting to a new country as an immigrant. But me personally, I don't think I struggled and that is in part due to my parents hard work now come the Navy where I have nothing I am alone I'm by myself I'm 18 years old and I'm trying to figure out okay well what do I do right I go to my new command and As a young, unsupervised 18-year-old, I do what I do best, and that is try to get away with as much bad things as possible without being caught. Now, these bad things weren't really bad things, but it was mainly I just wanted to play video games. So that's what I did. I would try my best to get out of work and get out of situations that were extracurricular and just be as introverted as I possibly could just so that I could get back home and get right back to the escape that I was so accustomed to. Do you guys remember the escape from episode one? Yep, it's very real. Now, being here, I because of my shenanigans, I ended up not being liked by a lot of people and I ended up being very notorious for not being liked by a lot of people people that 
I hadn't even met people that weren't even in the navy that would see me and they'd be like, "Hey, you're that you're you're that guy. You're yeah, you're that guy. You're famous." I'm like, "What? I don't even what? I'm just here to do paperwork, man. I I don't even know who you guys are." And it just becomes this whole giant thing. Long story short, that was the first time I truly experienced sadness. And it was a very deep sadness. Sadness to the point where my escape wouldn't even work anymore. Where I thought that I couldn't even escape anymore. Sadness that leads you to lock yourself in the bathroom, turn on the shower, and sit in the tub and just wonder, what am I doing wrong? What's wrong with me? What's what's going on? It's scary. It truly is. And that's the robot taking over. And once the robot takes over, you are but a husk of yourself. You don't feel anything. You don't really think anything. You just go day to day pretending to live. And you could say that the robot is similar to Poster, but at least Poster will let you live. Poster will let you be happy, be sad, or be whatever. Poster wants you to do things. The robot, it's yes or no. Can I or can't I? If I can't, I won't. If I can, I will if I have to. Sadness leads to childhood trauma. And childhood trauma is the fuel that the robot needs to operate. This is a big, big, big topic for a lot of people. A lot of people go through childhood trauma and don't understand it. They just think that whatever has happened to them is okay. Or maybe they don't think that it's okay, but they're not coping with it. They're not understanding it. Negativity is not there to be shunned. It's not there to be pushed into the closet or swept under the rug. Negativity is there to be taken and understood and then reflected upon. If something happens to you, God forbid, and it's just so painful to even think about, in the moment that's fine it's fine to want to not think about it it's fine to just want it to go away but eventually and by eventually I mean when you grow up and it's not a part of your life anymore and you're free to choose to do whatever you want to do you got to understand that you have to fight it you have to fight the robot because the robot is going to take you and make you devoid of all feeling and interaction. And that robot version of yourself is truly the saddest point of your life that you'll ever hit when you let that robot take over. 
And a lot of people are living like robots in this day and age because they're not addressing the issues that has happened to them previously. I'm not saying that this has to happen immediately, nor am I saying that you need to be brave and do this today. All I'm saying is that you need to understand what has happened to you. You need to learn about yourself. You need to dig deep. And that's why I wear my headband upside down. Because before you can reach for the stars, you got to dig deep within yourself. And discover that you are the star that you've been reaching for this entire time. Now, a lot of people are not ready to do that. And that's okay. Because trauma ranges from a lot of things whether that be physical, sexual, psychological abuse, neglect, uh, natural disasters, technological disasters, terrorism, war, family violence, community violence, sudden losses of loved ones, substance use, substance abuse, whatever it is, right? All these things that have happened to you specifically in your life they become a part of you, unfortunately. And growing up means understanding them. I cannot relate to the negativity that a lot of people have experienced. And I won't even say a few because it is honestly eight out of every 10 people that I meet has some form of extreme childhood trauma where some very messed up event has happened to them and it it just bewilders me that this has become such a commodity and the crazy thing is is that it hasn't become a commodity because it's been like that it's been like that for years and quite frankly in the past it's been worse and it begs the question, how are we being more affected than our parents are? Because if you listen to the stories that your parents have of their childhood, they have probably gone through some crazy stuff. You're like, wow, I don't have to, I don't have to do any of that. But then in the case of some people, their parents are actually the people that have wronged them. And they are the reason why they are robots. Now, this doesn't give you a free pass to go and blame your parents for everything that's wrong with you. Because, like I said, human being human means to make mistakes. It's okay to make mistakes. What's not okay is to not understand and learn from them. If a parent has wronged you, try talking to them. Try letting them know. And quite frankly, they are most likely not going to take this very well. Because, you know, as a, I, I'm not a parent, so I don't know. So I'm going to need some feedback from the parents that listen to this. But 
imagine hearing that you were not exactly the best parent to your child. All the things that you went through, all the things that you did for this little kid at the time, all the things that you sacrificed, the life that that you could have probably been living if it wasn't for them. And they're telling you that you did a bad job. Right? That'll destroy you. That'll crumble you, cripple you even. It'll let the robot take over. What we can do to solve this? What can we do to solve this? What can we do to stop the robot? First off, you need to acknowledge and recognize trauma for what it is. Whatever has happened to you, you must understand it. You might say, okay, you've really been repeating yourself for the past almost five minutes. And it's because it's one of the hardest parts about this to do. Acknowledgement and understanding. You have to realize that this thing happened to you and you can't keep running away from it. And you need to confront it and you need to make it a part of your life. Whether that be fighting against it actively in a community, whether that be connecting with said community, whether that just be talking about what happened, anything, you have to get it off your chest and that will allow you to reclaim control. And once you reclaim control, you can safely go inside your apartment and deactivate the robot. And once you deactivate the robot, it doesn't control you anymore. It isn't controlling your light fixtures, running up your electricity bill in your mental apartment. It's not doing any of those things. It's just there in the corner. And instead of looking at it as a scary robot that once tortured you for so long, you can look at it as the scary robot that once tortured you for so long that you turned off and defeated. Now, after you regain control, you gotta seek support. Don't isolate yourself. Don't keep yourself in your apartment. Go outside, talk to the other tenants, look for other people that have similar issues, help them. Once you learn how to do it, teach other people how to do it. Help as many people as you can. And through helping, it is healing, not only you, but the people around you, and you gain a community of supportive individuals. Now, once you have that community of supportive individuals, you must continue to take care of your health. You have to exercise. You have to exercise. It is the number one thing to heal the human body is literally exercise and it's not even healing it is literally just making it stronger if you can only do one push-up today and you do two push-ups tomorrow you are stronger than you were yesterday and what's not cool about that 
it's not about being fit or looking aesthetic. It's about being healthy mentally. Doing physical exercise heals you mentally. And when you get healed mentally, it allows you to process and understand these complex topics such as your trauma and heals you psychologically. Now, once you are healed psychologically, you're able to get a full grasp of your environment. Once you have a full grasp of your environment, you can dig deep within yourself and actually pull the real you out there and let the real you start living life without these barriers. Learn the true meaning of acceptance and letting go. You can't hold on to all these things forever. You cannot hold grudges against people. You cannot hold on to negativity. Negativity should be fleeting. It comes, you experience it, you understand it, it goes. That's it. It comes and goes. You cannot get rid of negativity. So why keep it? Why keep it in your apartment? You don't even have that much space. What you should be keeping is the positivity. All good things that people have said about you and to you. Now, if no one has said anything good about you or to you, maybe it's because there's too much negativity crowding your apartment where you can't fit any positivity in there. And you got to start letting things go and accepting them. Replace your bad habits with good ones. Your bad habits come from all that negativity. Bad habits that I have are, I guess you could maybe classify this as a, as a eating disorder. But if I am on the computer, I do not feel hungry. If I am doing anything on the computer, I can literally eat one thing and not be hungry for the rest of the day. And I can go to sleep just fine. And that's a scary thing because you got to eat at least two to three times a day. Sometimes four if you're trying to bulk up. But replace your bad habits with good ones. And this is pretty difficult. But it's made simple with a clear four-step process. And that process consists of one, make it visible. Whatever you want to do, make it visible. Make sure you see it every day. Make sure it's around you all the time. Make sure its presence is omnipresent. It's always there. Two, make it easy. Make sure that whatever you're trying to do to make a better habit is very easy to do, that you can just do without even thinking about it. So that when you get into overthinking or trying to relapse into your bad habits, you're like, well, this one is a lot easier to do than that one. It's better. It's a better way to convince yourself, right? And three, be consistent. Make sure that you can do this thing every single day with no form of interruption. If you want to start working out, but a 30-minute or one-hour commitment to the gym is troubling or disheartening, or easily dismissible for multiple reasons. My, I don't have my car, or it's cold outside, or I have gym intimidation, or all these other things. Hey, guess what? Try the 1%. Just do 
one push-up, do one squat, do one pull-up, do one crunch, do one sit-up, do one, just one. And guess what? The 1% is a lot smaller than the actual performance of the activity. If I tell somebody, hey, can you just give me like 10 push-ups? You'd be like, what, man? I'm not trying to do 10 push-ups, bro. Or they're going to say, I can't do 10 push-ups. That's too much. Now, if I say, can you try to give me one push-up? Like, try. I, I can do that any day. Right? It's easy to do that. And they're more convinced that they can do it. So now, in the attempt, in the little attempt of doing one push-up, you have gone over 1% of a push-up. So that being said, you are over 1% stronger. And this leads into my project that I've been doing since October 1st, 2022, called the 365% Project, where I choose daily habits and tasks that I want to complete by the end of the year and I simply do the 1% every single day. Now, the realization that I've come to while doing this experiment is that the 1% is a lot smaller than you think and that just by attempting, you're winning. Be patient with yourself. Nothing in this world comes easy and come on, the indomitable human spirit is not gonna let you fail either. It's okay to take some time. You're not in a race, nor are you ahead or behind schedule. You are simply competing with the you from yesterday, and that's all you need to focus on. Finding yourself is one of the most difficult things that you'll ever do, but it's one of the most promising. And how to find yourself really just comes from identifying your polarity, identifying if you're masculine or feminine. And once you have that identity set, that means that you can start doing things that align with your energy, that align with your polarity. If you are of a masculine polarity, you need purpose. The reason as to why you feel empty is because you do not have purpose in your life and you are left wanting, you're left hollow. It doesn't matter what you do. You can fill your day with sex and games and narcotics and whatever to fuel you up and overstimulate yourself. But at the end of the day, you're going to sit there in a bowl of self-pity like, damn, man, I don't know what I'm doing with myself. I don't know what's going on. I like I could be doing so much more. I could I I I could be off doing big things, but instead I'm here. It happens every single time. So if you're the masculine, I implore you, discover your purpose. Dig deep within yourself. Discover who you are and what you are meant to do in this world because we are put here for a reason and all of us have a job to do. Now, when it comes to the feminine, the feminine is more concerned with relationships and connections, the flow of love, the ties that bind. If the feminine does not have a strong flow of love, 
they freak out. They are emotional. They are unstable, dare I say. They're like the ocean. I like to describe the feminine as an ocean where it storms, it's calm, it ferries boats, it destroys pirates, it harbors treasure, and it has deep unknown depths. The feminine energy is a scary thing to dive into, but only a masculine purpose a purposeful masculine energy is able to quell the raging storm of the feminine. Now, the thing with feminine polarity is that you will always fall in and out of this. And this goes in tandem with the masculine polarity of purpose. But I'll get to that in just a second. The feminine will storm or the feminine will be calm. That is all depending on the feeling of the relationship that she is currently tackling. If her romantic relationship is in shambles, but her platonic relationships are not, she's going to lean more towards the platonic instead of the romantic. And she'll be calm in platonicity, but storm in romance. And it is similar to that of the masculine, where you will have purpose, but then you don't just have one purpose. As you complete one purposeful task after the other, it will change. And there are going to be dips in time where you're not going to know what your next purpose is. You're not going to know what your next goal is. If you look at all the great minds and uh, great, literal, just great people in history, they follow their purpose and they do more than one thing. They invent more than one thing. They conquer more than one thing. They don't just stop at one. They want everything. That is a masculine full of purpose. Now, can the feminine not be purposeful? And can the masculine not want a good flow of love in their relationships? They can. But these things are going to be less important to them. A feminine woman leading a masculine role of purpose will feel less inclined that her job is more important than her current romantic relationship with her husband, even though she is in a strong masculine role. Do you see what I mean? There's no limitations as to diving into the both of them. And honestly, it is encouraged that you understand both of them. You must live in your individual polarity, but also understand your lesser polarity. For example, me, I am a masculine polarity. I desire purpose. When I don't know my purpose, I am literally lost. I'm a robot. I am imposter. I am Uga Booga Spooky Among Us, right? I'm Skinwalker. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going on. But when I do have purpose, I feel directed. I feel calm. I feel strong. I feel purposeful. I feel masculine. But that doesn't mean that I don't understand the feminine. The flow of love is just as important to me. 
because I understand the feminine, but I'm not going to be seeking it as much as I am my purpose. When it is time for me to love, I will love wholeheartedly. When it is time for me to work, I will work wholeheartedly. And that is only because I understand my polarities. And to you, my friends, and my peers, and my audience, I implore you, discover your polarity and understand what it really means to be you. Thank you for listening.